I'm back. Somebody asked if anything happened to me on the way. If you remember one other time an elk hit me. Didn't have any elk hit me. The Lord blessed. Uh, when I flew into Kansas City, it was a huge thunderstorm. You can let that down now, guys. Huge thunderstorm. I rented a car. I wasn't going to get the insurance, but when I saw that thunderstorm, I thought maybe I better go with a little extra bit more and get the insurance. Did run into a little hail, but not quite as much as they had a little bit south of there where they had hailstones seven and three quarters inches in diameter, weighing almost four pounds with spikes coming through the roof of the house of the people. Glad that didn't hit me. So I went on the whole vacation safe. Wasn't going to say this. In fact, I told Abe not to say anything. But you're going to wonder why I'm kind of standing funny. Get to the church this morning. If you were here early, you would have thought I was kneeling in the grass praying, being thankful that I'm back to church. In reality, I stepped in a hole and fell down. My ankle is so swollen now that I'm losing feeling in my ankle. So uh, I need your prayers. Thank you. Let's pray right now, shall we? Father, I am so grateful for this church, for the outpouring of the love of the church members, for the visitors that are here, for the blessings of you being my God and speaking through me. Again, I seek that you speak through me this morning as we begin to share your plan for us. In Jesus' name, amen. When I have a funeral, and I've had a lot of them in the nine and a half years that I've been here, I often use this Bible text, 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Man, isn't that a good promise? What a day of rejoicing that's going to be. You know that? There's... Those who have died in Christ, that died in the hope of that resurrection, and the family have that hope of the resurrection so that they might be reunited. Because there's another group found in the next verse. First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 17, it says, Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. I love that text. We who are alive. That means when Jesus comes, there is a group of people who will not face death. Do you look forward to that day? I want you to look at something found in the book, A Call to Standard, to Stand Apart, page 5. It's a compilation of Ellen White's writings that was fairly new. And it says the Savior's coming was foretold in Eden. When Adam and Eve first heard the promise, they looked for its speedy fulfillment. They joyfully welcomed their firstborn son that he might be the deliverer. But the fulfillment of the promise tarried. Those who first received it died without the sight. It wasn't until the prophecy came to Daniel that people ever got a clue as to the time of Jesus' first advent. 
Now there's another delay. We've talked about it before. A delay to the promise of the second advent. We know it will be soon, but the Bible says no man knows the day nor the hour when Jesus will come. That's when the devil loves to place doubt in our minds because it seems to be tarrying a little long. We sometimes say to ourselves, which I'm sure they said back in the days of Adam and later, especially in Ezekiel chapter 12, verse 22, we say the days are prolonged and every vision has failed. Places doubt within our mind. Because of discouragement, many begin to give up hope. And they begin to stop being obedient to God's ways. This morning, I want to give you hope as well as a challenge. Conflict in heaven and in the first family, page 33. Satan has been constantly at work to obscure the vital truths that are essential for the well-being of the human family, making indistinct and unimportant the obedience that must be rendered to the commandments of God. But fallen humans are to return to their obedience to God and walk in communion with God as did Enoch. Enoch? Why does she use Enoch as an example? Manuscript 83, written in 1886. Enoch formed a righteous character and the result was that he was translated to heaven without seeing death when the Lord shall come the second time there will be some translated without seeing death and we want to know if we will be among that number wouldn't you like to know if you're part of that number Enoch think of it translated not seeing death taken up into heaven I want you to look at a a quote as to why Enoch was translated. Christ triumphant, page 46. Enoch was holy because he walked with God in God's way. Notice it's in God's way, not his. In him the world had an example of what those will be who when when Christ comes are caught up in the clouds to meet him in the air. As Enoch was, so are we to be. Do you see what challenge we have ahead of us? We have to be just like Enoch. Like Enoch, when he was translated and not seeing death, there will be a group who will be caught up with those who have died in Christ and will meet the Lord in the air. We'll be translated in the same way. So the question is, what was Enoch like? Christ triumphant, page 48, says Enoch was an Adventist. Do you know what day he worshipped on? The Sabbath. He was a Seventh-day Adventist. Didn't know it went back that far, did you? So we must be on the right track. Christ triumphant, page 51. Enoch was a man who walked with God, being obedient to God's law. Now God would demonstrate to the universe the falsity of Satan's charge that human beings cannot keep God's law. He would demonstrate that those humans had sin, they could so relate themselves to God that they would have the mind 
and Spirit of God and would be representative symbols of Christ. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Could it be possible that we're being called to be like Enoch? Conflict and Courage, page 29 and 30. Enoch walked with God 300 years. Imagine that. That was a long time to be in communion with him. He communed with God because it was agreeable to him. And he loved the society of God, the fellowship of God. He lived in a corrupt age. Don't think everything was perfect around him. He lived in a corrupt age when moral pollution was teeming all around him. Yet he, that's Enoch, trained his mind to devotion. Keep that in your mind. He trained his mind to devotion, to love purity. His conversation was upon heavenly things. He educated his mind, there that is again, educated his mind to run in this channel, and he bore the impress, the impression of the divine. His countenance was lighted up with the light which shineth in the face of Jesus. Enoch had temptation as well as we. He was surrounded with society no more friendly to righteousness than is that which surrounds us. The atmosphere he breathed, keep that in your mind, the atmosphere he breathed was tainted with sin and corruption, the same as ours, yet he lived a life of holiness. He was unsullied with the prevailing sins of the age in which he lived, so may we remain pure and uncorrupted. Enoch kept the Lord ever before him. He made Christ his constant companion. His association with Christ day by day transformed him into the image of him with whom he was so intimately connected. Day by day he was growing away from his own way into Christ's way. That's what we're to do. First of all, did you notice that Enoch had to train and educate his mind in order to walk with God? It doesn't come naturally. It's a struggle. It has to become a habit. How did he do it? It, was, it has something to do with this educating of his mind and something to do about his breath. Remember, that the breath was tainted with sin, but there's something about that breath that we need to understand. God's Amazing Grace, page 304. It was by prayer and communion with God that Enoch was enabled to escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. What are the two things? Prayer and communion with God. Prayer must be a part of our life, must be established in our life. Communion with God comes when we open up God's holy word and let it speak to us. Communion is spending time meditating on God's way, not our way. But what about prayer? Citing the life of Enoch, Ellen White says this, Help in Daily Living, page 58. Cultivate, that means to educate, the habit of talking with the Savior when you are alone, when you are walking, and when you are busy with your daily labor. Let the heart be continually uplifted in silent petition for help, for light, 
for strength and for knowledge. Let every breath be a prayer. Whoa! Every breath should be a prayer. Not just three times a day like some preachers preach. But every breath must be a prayer. Every Everything could turn drastically within our lives to corruption and sin. Every moment we should be focusing our attention upon Christ and praying for every guidance in everything that we do. Even breathing. What does this have to do with communion? Since we're going to be celebrating communion this morning. Manuscript 40, page 1886. Enoch kept his mind stayed upon God. That's what communion does. And God did not leave him, but finally took him from this sinful world. This man was a representative of those who will be translated to heaven when Christ comes to gather his people. Are we ready for the appearing of Christ? Are we constantly seeking God for strength to stand against the wiles of the enemy? Have we washed our robes and made them clean in the blood of the Lamb? We need more of heaven and less of self. We must be partakers of the divine nature. Oh, what love has been manifested for us. The divine Son of God left the throne of heaven and gave his life for us and for our sakes became poor. He clothed his divinity with humanity. Now in return, are you willing to deny self and follow your Savior? Oh, do not trifle away the few moments left you, you by seeking worldly honor and thus lose the precious boon of everlasting life. Foot washing cleanses us of our sins to help us to be ready to partake of the robe of Christ's righteousness. Jesus says that we are to do it together. The broken body the bread. The robe of Christ's righteousness was made possible by the broken body of Christ, which is symbolized by the broken communion bread. The wine is a symbol of the shed sacrificial blood of Jesus on the cross. So I have to ask you this. Here's the challenge. Are you ready to give up the world and accept the communion and ways of Christ like Enoch? The entire communion service is a public proclamation of that choice. We hold open communion in the Seventh-day Adventist Church. That means those who are visiting here may be of another denomination. If you want to participate in the communion service and to have an experience, we invite you to do so. We do take seriously the command that Jesus told his disciples that they needed to meet together and to wash each other's feet, according to John chapter 13. So what we have is we have the public proclamation, if you want to, is to be cleansed, a mini-baptism. And what we have for the families are these three classrooms to have as families together to wash each other's feet and within the family. If you are a single man... We'll have you go into the, let's see here, single men into the primary room 
Single ladies will meet in the junior room. That's the classrooms that are out here. The children will have a story in the kindergarten room, and uh, they will be taken care of while you're going through this. But I feel that it's a time for prayer right now, don't you? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord, we just pray that what we're going to go through is going to change our lives to become not only like Enoch, but to be more like Jesus. We want the impression of the character of Jesus upon our character. We want it to become a part of our character that will prepare us to be translated into the heavenly kingdom. If for some reason or other we may face death before the second coming of Jesus, we can be assured by the communion service that we have righteousness, the righteousness of Christ. We thank you for that gift. We just pray now that you will cleanse us and to make our minds and our bodies ready for the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of Christ is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.